0: The Bible says this in Acts 4, 10 through 12, Be it known unto you all, and that at all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, yes. even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was yes. set not up by the builders, but has become the chief cornerstone. Neither is there salvation in any other, That's for right. there is That's no right. name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church. to the church. Welcome 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 to the church. Hi, I'm Cindy Linton, and
1: I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people in normal Illinois, joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth.
0: Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited everybody is here today. Um, uh, Sister Jessica is going to come and she's going to bring the word. And I know she's got a word that's been laid upon her heart. Uh, I know that I am looking forward to hearing from that word, and I hope that you all are looking forward to hearing that word. But I just want to thank her and her husband. They're an intricate part of this church, as are all of you. Uh, but they're just a blessing. It is it is a blessing as a pastor to have somebody that can step up behind this pulpit and, and preach God's word. She's not coming just to get through. She's coming to preach That's God's right. word. You. Right. and so. Don't, don't don't think just because I'm not standing behind you today that you don't need to perk up your ears and listen. <laughs> yes. Because she is coming to bring the full That's word right, of bro. God Amen. to us today. And, and we are blessed. Yes. You, yes. you yes. don't want to yes. hear me every Sunday. I promise you that. I don't want to hear myself every Sunday. And we are blessed to have ministers yeah. in this church. That it's not a step down. When they step in, it is a step across. God moves through this body. And we are blessed. And I'm blessed to have her come and Thank preach the word to us today
1: well that just makes me a mess (laughs) but thank you for that confidence it's not something to take lightly to come and bring God's word so I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for every bit of this service everything changes what a beautiful theme we didn't talk about anything prior to service but I love how God he orchestrates things for us he is so good to us So good. I want to go ahead this morning. I want to dive straight into the word. All right. rylan has got some verses she's going to show. I'm going to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 7 to 18. It says this, the old way with laws etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds, so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord... The veil is yes, taken away, right. for the Lord yes, is the Spirit, right. and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the, glory, or, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. I love that last verse specifically. You can go ahead and sit down. I love it specifically in the King James Version, which I'm going to read to you now. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Mm-hmm. we sang saying this morning, everything changes, didn't we? Yes. We did. And that's precisely the moment or the point that I want to talk to you about this morning, how we are being transformed from glory to glory. Would you join me in prayer? Before we dive into this message, Jesus, we thank you so much for this word that you give us, God. We pray that you would help us, Father, that our soul would be good now, that your word could come into you, Lord, that you would prepare us, open up our ears, Lord, help us to hear. God, let us be submitted to your words, surrender to your spirit, Lord, that the freedom of your spirit can move throughout this place, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this space today. Jesus, it's in your name. I love that word. I love it so much. This text that we open with, it talks about the old covenant in comparison to the new covenant. And it speaks to the glory of the former, how it pales in comparison to the glory of the latter. The glory that we get to experience now and the glory that's yet to come. It speaks to this new way, giving us such a confidence that it even says that we can be very bold. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. Very bold. Because when someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Powerful things happen when God removes veils. How many of us are thankful that the veil was torn when Jesus died? I am so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for what it ushered in and the personal relationship that that tearing allowed us to step into. The scripture tells us whenever someone turns to the Lord that that veil is taken away. How many of us have experienced that veil being taken away? And the spirit of the Lord, that freedom that he offers, Mm -hmm. there is nothing. I wouldn't exchange that for anything. That veil being removed, it's powerful, it's purposeful. The people, they told Moses, after he had seen the hind side of the Lord, they they told him to hide his face. Because they didn't want to see the glory of the Lord. It terrified them. But we... We don't do that anymore. We don't cover that because we can be very bold. That's what that scripture said. We get to allow his glory to shine. And we, have, we get to be unashamed by it because we get to see and we get to reflect his glorious image. And it becomes more defined and more radiant and obvious and astonishing as we become more like him. It sounds breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, it sounds it so beautiful. Yes. With this, however, that involves a word. A word that I want to key in on this morning, and that's change. This process where we're going from glory to glory, it's all about change because everything changes. Mm -hmm. We want to be positioned. We want to be positioned for God's glory. Amen? Amen. We do. The verses I shared with you, they speak of positioning. They speak, they tell us that, that our position is moving from one glory to the next glory. And how we're moving. There's something happening within us. We're being changed. We're being transformed into the same image of the Lord. And it's by the Spirit of the Lord that allows that change to happen. So we got to talk. we got to understand what is glory. In the Old Testament, we find that God's glory, it appears as a substance of sorts. It's this visual splendor that we read about. We know that God's glory, it shines. We read of it whenever we saw that Moses, again, he had to hide his face. We find in the New Testament, we know that the glory of the Lord, it shined all about the shepherds after Jesus' birth. Right. It was radiant. It was beautiful. We learn also that in the New Jerusalem, it's not going to have a need. It doesn't have a need for the sun or the moon because it's the glory of the Lord yes. that lights Amen. that place. Who's excited for that? Yes. I cannot wait. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16 tells us God dwells in inapproachable light whom no man can see. Glory is a spectacular thing. Yeah. do you agree? Yes. Yes. We as God's creation are called to give God glory. So what does that mean? I am not a light bulb. Right. What does this mean? Well, to glorify God means to bring his natural glory to light, to expose it, to manifest it, to reveal it, to demonstrate it, That's good. to make it known. This is precisely what's happening when we read that we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I'm going to keep saying all morning from glory to glory. It's this process that allows God's natural glory to be brought to light in our own eyes and to those that are around us. Think about it. God will use our life. We get the opportunity to shine our light, his light through our vessel. For his purpose, yes. to expand, expose his glory, to and reveal it, to make it known. Yes. We're called in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, But you are a chosen generation, yes. a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right. his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, Thank you. proclaiming, showing forth. His praises, that's what glorifying God is all about. We're called to give Him glory. And we're called into this process, taking us from glory to glory. Because who in here can testify that we don't get all of God in one sitting? Right. Right? Right? (laughs) I think I had this um, idea after I was baptized that, oh, all my troubles were going to be gone and I was just going to be perfect. (laughs) And then an hour later... It all hit me, but no, that's not the case. Right. <laughs> and we're still, reve- he's still revealing things to us, and it's yes. a lifelong, beautiful, beautiful journey. It's a journey where he's constantly revealing to us because our finite mind is such that we cannot take him all in one setting. Right. We, can't, we can't take him in one whole lifetime. Right. There's so much of him. It's a daily walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a relationship with him. It takes this time of fasting and prayer, help us see the things that have to go right so we can catch a glimpse of that next glory that he's calling us to and it's allowing that transformation to be more like him for that to happen getting to the next glory he's calling us to however requires that change change seems to be against our nature anybody in here like change i love you I used to tell people at work all the time, I love change. And then I realized I'm a liar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I also read this interesting story or fact about change. It's not just people that don't like change. Horses don't like change either. And whenever a horse owner goes to change the blanket that goes underneath their saddle, if they just go one and done, like buy a new one, they immediately put it on the back of the horse, you know that horse is going to reject that. And I'm not going to speak any further because I don't know exactly what they do. However, what I know is there's a trick that they do. They take that blanket and they'll place it within the horse's stall to help them get acclimated to it. Right? Because they don't like change and we don't like change. So then, once it's absorbed, that scent and all of that, we'll put it on that horse and then it can move on. And it's an easy transition. It doesn't always happen that way for us, right? Right. We don't always like change. I was going through this... Uh, in experience here lately, and it brought to light how much I personally don't like change. I found that myself, I was completely frustrated, I was extremely annoyed, and I was very much taken by surprise. And I, I found myself, I was in this up-and-down roller coaster, I was trying to figure out which side is up, like, God, what is your plan, only to find I hadn't had any sort of clue, and it was a mess. And as I was walking through the... I was a mess. Not it was a mess. I was a mess. And as I was walking through this process, I found myself. I was having a conversation with Pastor Josh, and I mentioned to him, I said, I said to the Lord, I'm not done with this blessing. And as I said that to him, God instantly corrected me. And he said, No, daughter. You're not done with this blessing, but I am, and it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. And at, at that very quick moment of correction from the Lord. It, it something radically changed in my mind. I cannot explain it, but my mind shifted, and I can't even tell you how excited I was yeah. after that moment where I was once mourning this experience, this circumstance, and then this cor- this quick correction. It was just excitement, expectation. I'm like, all right, let's go tomorrow. Yeah. I'm gonna change. Everything's yeah. gonna be great. But it was as though this stronghold in my mind had been removed, yeah. okay? And I began to see new opportunities where I saw a dead end and where yeah. I saw pain. It was, right. no, there's this, all these opportunities yeah. that God was opening up in my mind, and it got me thinking about what God has to say about change. Because I didn't like how I handled that situation, so I went to God's Word, and I'm like, let me handle this better next time, Lord. Yeah. And so he magnified in my mind this process of going from glory to glory. Yeah. Scripture tells us God has plans. He has plans that we know not of. Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. To give you an expected end. Or in other translations it says a hope and a future. Mm -hmm. When change is happening or we're moving from one glory to another, we can begin to question that expected end. We can begin to question whether or not there's really a hope in a future yeah. in these things. Because what we were expecting isn't what we see unfolding as we think it should. And sometimes there's this temptation in these moments to hide or, like me, dig in your heels. I am not moving. And we'll actually declare that to the Lord. Have any of you ever found yourself in one of those places? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't, you might. (laughs) Have you ever found yourself begging the Lord to just let things remain the same? Yeah, me too. Often we want God to bend to our will. We want to remake him. And we attempt to do this when we go to his word like we do a buffet. I want a whole heaping of this. I just want a little bit of that. Nope, I don't want any of that. And we pick and we choose what we want to ascribe to. But when we do this, we don't get the results that we want. They're not satisfying. It's not fulfilling at all. And our ability to be changed into his likeness is limited because we're rejecting pieces of who he is. We as a church, we don't want to live this way, do we? No, we don't. We want to live according to his word. That's why we are setting aside twenty-one days. Right. I asked myself on the drive here this morning, why did he say twenty-one days? (laughs) Seven is good. It is good. But we want to be positioned. We desire to be positioned for God's purpose. That's right. We want him fully. We do, and we want to go from glory to glory because this process allows us to know him more and for him to be displayed. For others to see him more accurately, it's multifaceted. It's for others to see him. It's for us to see him. It's beautiful what he wants to do. But, as I said, sometimes that change is difficult. We're seven days into this fast, and how many of us, our flesh is rejecting, or is uh, it's battling us. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. And that's only, we're experiencing a 21-day fast. Okay, it's a 21-day change, and then we get to go back. There are other sorts of change, however, that are more lasting, whether you're currently in the middle of a job change, a lifestyle change, um, maybe you've got a health change, you're preparing for a move, or you're getting ready for college, you're going through different transitions, and change are difficult, but it's the challenge of change, it's in the challenge of change that we see the aspects of God, that God's character, we see it more clearly, components of his character that we would not see had the change not come.
0: Right.
1: So if you're keeping up with your bread chart, you're in the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? We're there. Yeah. We're there. I love the message of the Exodus. I, that's probably one of my very favorite books. I see so many personal applications there. And it's just this wonderful book where I see God, He, we can apply it to us. We all have our own personal Egypt. Mm-hmm. And God is taking us out of our own personal Egypt. And we're going on to the promised right. land. Yeah. But we got to walk a wilderness, right. don't we? Right. Yeah. We have to walk this wilderness, and that wilderness it is intensely purposeful. Mm-hmm. It is so purposeful. There's work to be done. There's work to be done in a wilderness, a process that has to unfold. And in this process, it involves a whole lot of grumbling, and on our part, and preparation, instruction, correction, provision, transformation. There's even protection in the wilderness. Yes. I find it really interesting that the word wilderness in the Hebrew. What that translates to is place of speaking. So when you think about that, there's a remarkable amount of speaking that God was trying to do to those Israelites. If they would listen. Right. Right? Right. The same is true for us. There's a remarkable amount of speaking that God wants to do for us. If we would listen. Agreed? Yes. Yes. So as we look at the book of Exodus, we find people, they were being asked to change.
0: They had just spent
1: 400 years in bondage. And there were some things they needed to unlearn, some things they needed to learn, some things that were attached to them, and they had to be removed. Mm-hmm. And with all the murmuring we're reading about, we know they didn't necessarily like the change. Right. The same as we don't. True. Change within people is all throughout Scripture. We read that he prunes. Yep. Right? We read that he desires to take a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Yes. He tells us he's the potter, we're the clay. He says to us that we are to be transformed in our mind progressing from one glory to the other glory to be more like him. Yet here we are, even though we know all of these things,
0: change is still hard.
1: Mm -hmm. It is so hard. In the corporate world, we have people that are focused on change. It's called change management. It's a job. Did you know that? It's a job. And these people, they have identified five reasons why we are averse to change. I want to share those with you because it's remarkable how much it parallels to our spiritual life. The first, we lack vision. We're confused in not understanding our purpose. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, the Israelites, they were too. They lacked vision. Ever noticed we never read the Israelites had a plan to leave Egypt? Yeah. They never did. Has change ever come to you and you weren't looking for it? (laughs) I did. (laughs) As we read of our journey, we find it was as though they would catch it. They would catch vision. And all too quickly, they were losing it again. And they thought they were dying. Okay? They thought they were dying in the Red Sea, then God parted the waters. They thought that they were going to starve. God provided manna. They thought that they were going to be thirsty, and God makes bitter waters sweet. They didn't fully understand the purpose of their journey and what God was doing, much the same as we can lose sight of our purpose it's good. in our journey. It's good. Have you experienced a time whenever you've lacked that vision? The mountain you're climbing and life is too high, you can't see around it. The depression in your mind is so thick, you can't see through it. A place in your life where you just don't even know what is the purpose of my life. Maybe you're in a place of unexpected change that's come upon you, or maybe you're pushing against some change and you're thinking the worst is about to happen when God's saying, no, it's not just go, yeah. just move. It's in these times that we lack vision. The second thing is not that we are not on board with the plan. That's what people struggle with when change happens. So we're going to jump out of the book of Exodus for just a second. I want to jump to Jonah. Jonah was not on board with God's plan. Right. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach to the people. But Jonah wasn't on board. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He thought he knew better what God should do. And we actually read in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, he, it says this, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. <laughs> I love, I laughed whenever I was reading this. Because, guys, how many times have we been in that same place, yeah. tempted to be angry at some change that was happening? The Israelites would go back to the book of Exodus. The Israelites, they asked multiple times, just let us go back to Egypt. But well, God said no. Ever found yourself in a change of plans in life that greatly upset you? Yes, yes. These changes, this glory to glory that he's moving us from and to our purpose, stretches us far beyond us. It stretches far beyond us. Our finite mind cannot see what God desires to do in these changes. The third stumbling block for change is that we are uncertain of our ability. I want to read you. Um, scripture. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go from his land. But Moses said in the Lord's presence, if the Israelites will not listen to me, then how will Pharaoh listen to me, since I am such a poor speaker? Mm -hmm. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them commands concerning both the Israelites and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Moses. Moses was uncertain of his ability. Ten of the twelve spies who went to survey the promised land, they saw giants.
0: They doubted
1: their ability. They forgot those miracles, the parting of the seas, the miracle from the manna, the water from the rock, all of these things. Because we're a forgetful people, aren't we? Yeah. We are, we are. Um, That's why we read of God telling Joshua to put stone pillars of remembrance. It was to spark, to trigger their memory, to right. remember, to tell their children, to remember for themselves what he had done and what he can do. Right. They doubted, and sometimes we doubt when change happens. We did you know? Did you know that doubt is a form of idolatry? It is. It is. We worship that doubt at times. We can be tempted to worship that doubt more than we worship our God who says that he is able, right? The fourth stumbling block for change that we run into is that we don't see the incentive, we don't understand the why. The Israelites, they didn't ask for the change. We already talked about that. Their behavior um, shows that they had no understanding of what was about to happen to them. They didn't understand the incentive that was lying ahead for them. You know, we run into times, too, when we don't understand. We're wondering, God, why are we in this waiting room for right, so long?
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> no, what's the end goal of it all? Why should I take that job? Why is God moving my family? Why have I been... Why is this taking so long and why are other things going so fast? But God reminds us that we see through a glass, dimly. Yes, we? Yes. All the details are murky to us and we don't understand. And that's the point. That's the whole point. But these things cause us to hesitate in taking those steps into that next glory that he's calling us to. The fifth um, item that holds us back from change is that lack true understanding and meaning. We don't understand the meaning or why this change is happening. So we're going to go back to those 12 spies. The 10 spies missed the fact that it wasn't their ability. It was their willingness to be obedient, to just go and do what God told them to do. God's work is all about what God does. We find that very clearly in Exodus chapter 6. It tells us, Therefore, tell the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians and rescue you from the slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. I will take you as my people and yes. I will be your God. You will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Yes. Doesn't say anywhere in that that it's about our ability, does it? Right. God promises to bring us, He promises to redeem us, yes. He promises to give it. He promises. He promises. He promises he's going to take his people, and he promises he's going to be their God, that he is our God. So are we available to God for all of these things? That's a point to take home and consider. Do we understand that it's not about what we can do? It's about what he will do. Or are we focused on ourselves? Are we so focused on ourselves that we don't desire what God desires to do? Our brain is this beautiful, beautiful thing. I heard something years ago that's gonna forever stick with me. It's called, our brain is said to be neuroplastic, okay? I'm gonna tiptoe into this because I am not a brain studier or a neurological study. I don't even know, I'm gonna stop talking (laughs) there. However, (laughs) our brain, because it is neuroplastic, it has the ability to be rewired, Mm -hmm. to think differently. If we are constantly inclined to think negatively, we can rewire, retrain our brain to think positively. If we are consumed with thoughts that say we can't do something, it's entirely possible to rewire our brain to believe that we can. That's right. If we are self-consumed and focused on our ability, it is possible that our brain can be re- rewired to know that God is able to fulfill his promise. I love when instances like, like this truth, this science truth, run into... God's truth that we find in his word because this is a God truth and we read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 where it says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ these thoughts these thoughts hold us back from stepping into the next glory That place where we become more like Jesus. Who wants to be more like Jesus? Yes, those are the ones that we're taking captive. Those are the thoughts that we're surrendering to the obedience of Christ because God desires to do a new thing within us. We're getting ready to move to 408. I saw it yesterday. It looks wonderful. It looks so wonderful. And our journey to that building has been one filled with the unexpected. Mm -hmm. In moments, we're like, I don't know what is going to happen and where are we going next God's plan has been better than every imagination every idea, every thought God has ordered it beautifully and in only a way that he can do and God we are believing and we are expecting and we are confidently knowing that God is going to fill that place his presence is going to be there and he is going to bring people to salvation in that place, it's going to happen and it's going to happen as we allow God to, to personally change us to take us all individually from glory to glory yeah. so we can reflect him more. So now we have all this self-awareness. This self-awareness about why we push against change. Okay? So now I want to I give you three truths that we're going to hold on to when we find ourselves in a moment of change. When we identify that, wait, God is up to something. And maybe I don't really want what God is up to. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to hold on to the truth that God is in control, even in transition. Amen. He is. Macy got her license back in August. I wasn't so sure how I felt. I'm still not so sure how I feel about her driving. However, I, I think, I'm, I'm a thinker, and I'm like, Lord, what is my problem here? She's very responsible. I know that she's just a really great kid. I'm not in control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's why I hate it so much. Because I'm not there to say, wait, you're speeding. Wait, right. that car. No, I'm no longer in control. And it's the same thing whenever it comes to God changing us from glory to glory. We are not in control. Right. God is. Right. Right. God is in control. Yes. You know what happens in a lot of moments of change and transition? That truth is magnified. It's magnified so much. In the events of our day-to-day, we have like some semblance of... I'm in control of this. I got this. Mm-hmm. Right? I got this all under my control. But that's not what happens as we're going from glory to glory. If it were in my control, people wouldn't age. My kids would live with us forever. <laughs> <laughs> I would keep them forever. I don't see Brian. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on board. This is my world. <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> my job would stay the same. My boss would stay the same. Everything would be exactly to my liking. Yeah. That sounds wonderful, right? If we all could have our own little world, <laughs> wonderful. Yes. But Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says that while we may plan our ways, it is the Lord who ultimately establishes our steps. Yeah. Change and transition is a reminder that our lives are not our own. Mm-hmm. They are the Lord's, and he will establish our paths. It can be scary to surrender control to God. Yeah. It can be really scary. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, because at times it means we're stepping into the unknown, the unplanned, the unexpected. But we have to cling to this truth, that God is good. God is good. He's not going to lead us into a place that will not ultimately lead to our good, because he's already promised us that he is with us. There is no safer place for us to be than in the hands of our Father. Would you agree? Yes, and no circumstance that comes our way can can thwart his plans. He has promised us that. That is confidence that we can put our hope in God and know that God is in control, even in the midst of this transition. Yeah. The second truth that we are holding on to as we're going from glory to glory is that God is unchanging, even yeah. in change. Yeah. He, is. Yeah. he is. When everything around us is changing, our lives can feel completely unstable. The instability it leads us to grasp for anything to make us feel as though... It, the ground is not shifting beneath us. Things we might reach for include self-care, busyness. I'm going keep myself busy, I'm not thinking about it, right? Maybe I'm running into the ear of a friend or various idols that we might have in our life, whether it's TV, social media, food, different items like that. And all of these things we cling to. We cling to them so tightly in this effort to secure us in these times of change. But these coping mechanisms, they're misplaced. They're just that. They're coping mechanisms. Our desire for stability is actually a yearning for our God. It's something that God programmed us for. We want God himself. God alone. He is the one who does not and will not ever change. He has promised us that multiple times throughout his word. Therefore, all of these longings that we have for stability are ultimately working to lead us deeper into a relationship with him. While it may feel like avoiding them is the answer, it's not it. It's not it at all, because ultimately this longing can only be found in relationship with him. It reminds me of this statement. I think it's in a song. It says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. We know these truths. We read these truths. We cling to these truths. We stand on the rock of our salvation. Amen. The third truth that we're going to hold on to is that God is our sustainer in transition and always. When confronted with yet another transition, our heart tends to doubt the goodness of God. We can lose our mind and we can start to be like, oh God, what did I do? How have I wronged you? Where did I walk away from your word? That What is the problem? Am I being punished for this? But we don't ever want to doubt the goodness of God right? right? and our ability to withstand whatever he's calling us into. How will we get through this one, we might wonder. Right? But Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that he upholds everything in the universe by the word of his power. Yeah. By the word of his power. His word is unchanging. His word is life-giving. His word is astonishing. It's amazing. He sustains every single aspect of his creation. Think about it. Think about the order of the universe. Think about the order of nature, the cycles, right? The seasons, the ocean. Think about everything. He holds all of that in his hand and he holds it in control. And he holds you in his hand. And he has you in his control. Every element, every aspect. Because he is a sustainer of every aspect of his creation, including our lives. Yes. No matter what changes may come, looking to our own strength, it's not going to carry us through. We're going to try, though. Right. I'm going to strong-arm yeah. my way through it. Yeah. No. No, that's not where the answer is. Because our human frailty, we have limitations. Yeah. We we grow weary.
0: Yeah. I'm tired at 8
1: o'clock every night. We grow weary. We grow restless. We grow tired. Yeah. We need him. We need him to sustain us. We need him just like the Israelites in the wilderness needed him. He was there. He was providing exactly what they needed, exactly when they needed it. And that's what we have to key in on is the fact that he knows when we need something. Right? Right? With my Instant Pot, I say I need it now. Uh That's not God. God says, I know that you can wait a little while. And I know the divinely orchestrated time that is going to make this most
0: impactful.
1: Most impactful. The manna, the water. He sustained those Israelites, and he's going to sustain us.
0: Amen.
1: When we are tempted to despair, he sustains our joy. When we can't see how he'll provide another job, or maybe we don't know how he's going to provide another place to live, he sustains our hope. When we're stumbling through another sleepless night, studying, we're working hard, we're stressed out. He gives us the energy that we need because he is a great sustainer. And he sustains us through difficulty of transition and change as well. I'm going to prepare to wrap this message up. I don't know how long I've been, however, I'm drawing to a close. And as I do, I want to remind us, the Bible is one story after another. Of navigating change. Navigating change. Change is inevitable. Change will come even when we do our very best to hold things together. To hold them stable. Because we don't want them to change. But I want to remind us of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. This one makes me a mess. I love it. It's so beautiful. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Who is excited about a new thing? I am excited about what God's doing in 408. I'm excited about what God is doing in this fast, even though our flesh is rebelling against us, perhaps. But God says this, Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Streams in the wasteland. Paths in the wilderness. Streams in the desert. God is doing a new thing. It's his desire. It's what he has desired for our lives. When God calls us in a direction, it's important to better serve him and fulfill our purpose better. It's in these situations where we are given eyes to see the meaning, the purpose, and the direction and change as we are moved from one glory to another glory. And this new glory, we don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss out. Because it's going to cause, just like that scripture said in the beginning, it's going to cause this current glory that we're in right now, it's going to pale in comparison to the glory that God has for us. This next glory that we're stepping into. Jesus calls us to a life of discipleship, which is a life of radical transformation, radical change. That's what he calls us into. He also shows us the way And leaves us with a promise in Matthew. He says, I am always with you to the end of the age. Yes. We never walk alone. Ever. Right. I wonder today if you would go ahead and stand with me. As we go to prepare this place, if we could all just take a moment before we leave and consider is God leading you to a place of change? Are you pushing against where God is trying to take you? Are you not sure of your ability? That's okay. You don't have to be able because God said that he is able. He is. So I wonder if we could just take some time in prayer this morning. Perhaps we need to repent of some thoughts, some reactions to this change, and let's be excited about this new glory that God is taking us to. Oh Jesus, we Jesus. Thank, thank you, Lord, for what you
0: We thank planned. you, Jesus. Lord, we thank we you for your
1: word. Oh God, we thank
0: you for what you're doing. Lord, you Jesus, we thank Jesus. you. Jesus. We want- I got to I got to thinking while she was preaching. It started actually when she read that first set of scriptures there. About how if we don't trying to reach people through our own ability and God's saying that if you would just change with me and I know change is hard you're right change is hard we sit and struggle to remain in the old glory when God's saying listen this is just a step away and and it's not even a big change go through the scripture and stack the changes that people did it was literally like getting rid of killing your children by worshiping that idol and then you're like that's not a big deal why do why are we doing that in the first place but i wonder as i sit here and and i'm I'm resistant to change but my wife said that she's not and she's right she's not and when she said that it was like the lord snapped me and he's like this isn't always just about you you may transition and you may be able to move from glory to glory, but there's people that are surrounding you that they've got a veil over their eyes. Yeah, right. and, and we're wondering why they just don't get on board. And then we're like, well, it took me 17 years to get to this new glory. And God's like, yes, because there's a veil. I need the church to see the veil. I need us to understand that glory to glory, it might be easy for Cindy. But it might be hard for somebody else, and we've got to work with God in this. And this is all about the Lord, and it's all about, what a a wonderful work. Can we give God a hand? I I want her to take take those five change things, and I want you to take the three, and I want you to put it on the groupie. Because here's what I want to do. I want to pray this week, and we're not done with altar service. I want to pray that that veil would be removed. And the only way for that veil to be removed is to continue to move through the glory to the glory. That's why when the veil was torn, the glory of God left the holies of holies. And it's for us to be partakers of, but it's relationship. It's relationship. She preached the word of God to us right now. She preached God's word that it needs to get in our hearts that we have got to continue to progress towards God. That's what a fast is for, to show us things that we don't need. To show us things that we that we put in our right. place so that God can't have relationship with us. And while he's showing us this, he is going to remove the veil from people's eyes that are around us. Amen. Amen. So come on, as they continue to sing, let's pray. God, remove the veil from my eyes that I can go to the next glory. God, but as you remove it, God, and I go, God, remove it from those around me as well, Lord Jesus.
1: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in normal Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil, or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.